Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 16, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? First and foremost, we're going to talk about the things that jump off the daily chart so that we can put them in context of where we are in the bigger picture. So obviously, we know the first thing. We always talk about it every single day because it's worth talking about it. The trend is up. The trend is your friend until it's no longer an up trend. The second thing that happened today is the market made a new high. It spiked the old high by a few cents, and then it pulled back to close below the old high. Do we make a federal case out of that? And the answer is no, we don't. They spiked through the old high. They didn't close above the old high. They may or may not do that tomorrow. They may or may not do that Friday. We don't know. It's not that big of a deal when the former high is close by. It acts magnetic. It pulls price in. They want to make a new high. That's just the way the market works. Technically speaking, did anything change from yesterday's video? And the answer is no, it didn't. Let's put it in perspective. The SPY was up about 50 cents today. That's not a big deal one way or the other. It's just up 50 cents. The Dow was down. The Russell was down. We'll get to the NASDAQ and those other markets later. Just to put it in perspective, the market really didn't do anything today. It was Kabuki Theater. What's Kabuki Theater? It was the Fed announcement, the FOMC announcement. They have a two-day meeting. Tuesday concludes on Wednesday. They come out with an interest rate decision, and then they have a press conference to follow. It's Kabuki Theater. The market generally whips around around the Fed announcement. There are no surprises these days with the Fed announcement. It whipped around a little bit, went up, went down, went back up, and that's really the bottom line of what happened in and around Kabuki Theater. We have a breakdown candle. We've been looking at this candle for quite some time. The high of the breakdown candle is 371.05. That is, in fact, the former high. So here we make an attempt. We spike above the breakdown candle high. Now we're having the same discussion that we just had about the old highs, but we're using a different thing. We're looking at it from a different perspective. We're talking about the breakdown candle, notwithstanding the fact that it's the same number of the old high. But here's the way I like to look at it. They challenge the high of the breakdown candle. They have yet to close above the high of the breakdown candle When they do, that should set off another leg higher if, in fact, they close above the high of the breakdown candle. Why is that? When we have a big breakdown candle, generally speaking, that's the market's way of signaling to us that there's generally going to be lower prices ahead. Now, they scared it. They tried to go lower. They came into the 20-period moving average, and then they turned around and came back up or in the other direction. So therefore, what would normally be released on the downside in terms of market energy is now going to be reversed and be released on the upside if, in fact, they close above the high of the former breakdown candle or the old high. Same thing. Is it normal that they ran up to run a test of the breakdown candle high? And the reality is, is that when you take away all the hoopla, all the media attention, all the talking heads, all the reasons why the market was going down, the stimulus is on, it's off, it's on, it's off, vaccine news, whatever it is. All that being said, 
All they did was what they normally do, which is want to run a test of a breakdown candle high. Period. Full stop. So from all that, what do we do with this information? We take the information and we move on. The market's at the highs in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with the tape. We can look at all the lagging indicators that you want. They're all sold through Joe's Indicator Shop. We can look at MACD, RSI, Bollinger Bands. We can look at rising wedges. We can look at salad wedges. We can look at pitching wedges. None of that nonsense matters until it matters. And here's how we know. And we talk about this all the time, but it's worth repeating. Again, eventually, the market's going to put in a turn. Whether it's going to be a short-term turn, an intermediate turn, or a longer-term turn, Either way, the market's going to run out of steam and then it's going to put in an intraday reversal. It's going to morph into a daily chart reversal and potentially beyond. Our job is to identify it as it's taking place from the shorter term charts. That's what inside the numbers members will get the benefit of. Until and unless that happens, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about what the lagging indicators say. We don't have to worry about all the people that say one thing or another. All we have to do is put our blinders on, ride the wave, continue to make positive intraday trades one by one, one base hit at a time, and when the market does its thing and it decides to put in a turn on whatever piece of news item it chooses to do on that day, we'll identify it, we'll take action accordingly, and guess what? It will give us something to trade against. Can they remain positive through the end of the year? The holiday seasonality is going to take a grip on the market. They may, they may not. We don't know. We're watching each and every day. We don't anticipate something happening. We don't guess on what day it's going to happen. We react when it begins to happen. We take action accordingly. That's how we treat it as a business. I say this all the time also. You don't have to be the first person to the party. When we're looking for a bottom or we're looking for a top, all you have to do is make sure that you're at the party while everybody's having fun. You don't need to be the first guest through the door. Let's take a look at Inside the Numbers. We have a lot to discuss Inside the Numbers. Today was one of those days where we had a pretty good, and I like to use this word, cadence with the market. The numbers were spot on. Let's see what we've got. It's hump day. The thieves in the night did the rest of the deal from yesterday afternoon and got back to the big fat round number of ES3700 and SPY370 and more. So they did the thing in the overnight slash pre-market activity and then they did it again during the trading day. But before the trading day starts, we're noting that they already did the deal when nobody was looking. That's why we call them thieves in the night. Moving right along. We'll check out some of the early thoughts. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. They're hanging around the big fat round number. Let's look at things from a common sense perspective. If the final destination was SPY 370, they would get rejected right away from where I sit. The all-time high SPY 370.105 is a stone's throw away. Will they be running a test this morning or at some point today? Well, we know the answer now, but at that time, we didn't know the answer. At present, in the pre-market, we would have to think yes. So that was what I thought, but we didn't know. 
Things could change quickly, but for now we have to be game ready for all scenarios. Speaking of, the gap left open from yesterday is around 369.55. Much below and closing candles below 368.75 and the bulls are in the midst of a fumble. Remember, it's quadruple witching options expiration week, so weird things can happen out of the blue. It's an awareness. We'll get to this when we get to stocks on the move, but here's an of note. The numbers on JKS, which is one of the stocks on the move, are a little spread apart. The stock can move when it gets going. Less aggressive traders can reduce their share size to compensate for the wider stop or take a pass altogether. Side note, today is Kabuki Theater, FOMC day. After the morning rush, the market tends to go to sleep. More awareness. We like to set the table for the day. Moving right along. Let's see what else we have as the day begins to get underway. So we have some more pre-market slash early thoughts. Nine o'clock. Let's make sure we're looking at the right stuff. This is important. Take notes. From an hourly chart perspective, the most important number on the board is SPY 369.80. I have to pause and go to the chart, and you know the routine. Right at the vertical is today's activity. The horizontal line is at 369.80, and you can see here for the majority of the day, they thought 369.80 was rather important. Why is that? It's the high of the big breakdown candle. That was from the hourly chart. They were eating time off the clock near the high yesterday. Just to put it in perspective one more time, here's a breakdown candle from the hourly chart. This one right here. They ran up to it. They couldn't get through it, but they were eating time off the clock rather than getting rejected yesterday. So that's what I was referring to. We talked about it last night. Opening above is best for the bulls. Once above, they have an excuse to push higher. 371.05 is the former high. Running a test could come up short, spike through, etc. We know that routine. Opening below 369.80 means they're not ready yet. Doesn't mean the market's going to collapse. Just means they weren't ready yet. More time in the oven. Let's move along. See what else we have. 9:35. 369, give or take, should be support on the first hit. If they keep coming down, let's get our faculties one more time. Again, the five-minute chart, the lower horizontal line is in fact 369. They came down to 369 after getting rejected at 369.80 and did what? Found support and turned around and went back in the other direction. That's why at 9:35 we're saying 369 should be support. 9:37, nice ride on dish. We'll get the stocks on the move later. Closing candles below 369, and they'll run a test of 368.50. It's not that far away, but those are the numbers that we're working with. The preferred thing is to bounce quick. The longer it takes, the more likely they go lower. Moving right along, as you can see by 9:45, traders who purchase the S&P long around 369 should take profits along the way and protect the trade. We treat it as a business. Base hit to start with. So far, so good. 369 was the buy zone. 369.80. What you'll see in the notes coming up quickly is definitely a gotta take profit in front of zone. Why is that? Because it's an important number. They're gonna go run another test of an important number. You don't know whether they're gonna get through or not. So as it treating it as a business type of thing, you have to take profit at these spots. JKS. We'll get to the charts later. Shaping up to be a nice hump day morning. 
We need IQ to wake up. Turned out to be a bit of a slider slash shit burger. Not a big shit burger. It's not like a two pounder, but it didn't do the thing. We'll get to the charts later. Moving right along. Now here we go, 951. We all know where the resistance is going to be. Traders long the S&P will need to book more profit in front of 369.80 if they can get there in this run. A trailer is a portion of the position that would be held for a break above the breakdown candle high. We don't know if they'll get there right now, but just in case. And don't let this trade go bad on you. Some profit at least should have already been taken. By 10 o'clock, SPY did everything as advertised. The rest of the trade is trader's choice. Yada, yada, yada. Now, if they can break above 369.80, the next real area of resistance is 370.35, give or take. Some of you might remember that number from last week even. Will they find resistance at the fat number of 370? Probably. Back to the charts. Here we go. What's over here? What's the high in this candle? How about 370.37? So they come up to the 370.35, spike it by a couple of pennies, that's hardly a spike, and then do what? Come back to where? Come back to the area that they just broke out from, which was what? 369.80. You see how the market actually does intraday everything we discuss that it does each and every night. It does it over and over and over again. And when you have the numbers, you have a pretty darn good idea of what the market is doing. Hashtag reading the tape. Now we get into that slow part of the day. So what I'll do from here is I'll scroll up a little bit and you can pause the video and read the notes, go back to the charts, see what's going on. You can see we had a good cadence with the numbers today. The numbers were spot on. But we did have one more situation in the afternoon where post-Fed, we had one more run that we suspected they may run a test of 369. They ran a test of 369. They came up a few pennies short. They turned around and went back up in the other direction. Speak of the devil, 149, anything goes around the Fed announcement. If they pop them, they'll go right back to 370.35. They've already been there, so the door would be open for the highs at 371.05 or more. Now, they did all that. We saw it already, but here's what's happening before the thing. 149, this is what we're saying. If they drop them, 369 or a spike of it should be a piece of cake. Back to the chart. Post-Fed, market comes down, 369, here you go. They didn't hit 369. 369.06 was the low, and they turned around and went back in the other direction. Know thy numbers. And I think you have to agree that it's nice to have a tour guide that knows his or her way around the numbers. So the Fed was pretty much a non-event, nothing happening, so what do they do? Light volume, quiet market, the path of least resistance is sideways to higher. By the end of the day, they go higher, they spike the high, they come down, you saw where they closed, and that was basically all she wrote. You can see what's in the notes, go back and double check whatever's in the notes with what's on the chart. I urge you to do so if at all interested in participating or if you already participate actively in the market during the trading day. Let's take a look at stocks on the move. We had four on the board today. Out of those four, three hit their price objective. Dish, JKS, and IQ. Eat didn't get there. Let's go to the videotape. The first one on the board is Dish. 
getting a haircut at the open, 32.95 was the number, comes into the number, has a pretty fast spike up. You can see what happened on a one-minute chart. So in just the fourth minute of the day, Dish is making a high of 33.82, almost a buck higher. Therefore, traders understand that at minimum, they gave the base hit. They actually gave more than a base hit. At minimum, traders have to book profit in their pocket. You saw what happened next. They traded in and around that number before they gave it up later in the day. But guess what? Once they do that, the trade is over once they come back below the number. How about JKS? Also getting a haircut at the open. The number on the board bright and early was $58.15. They came into it. They spiked through making a low of $57.24. Turned around and went back in the other direction. Now, I know there were some traders that didn't take this trade because they came up short. They went back and forth. Then they came into the number. Then they turned around and went back in the other direction. But we have something for everybody. There are still plenty of traders that took the trade anyway. The takeaway is the numbers work. Stock was at a high of $63.60 by lunchtime. For those of you who are deficient in math, that's about $5 from the entry. And then we have IQ. They didn't do the deal. They came into the first number, sliced through it like a hot knife through butter. It looked like the second number was the number. They started to bounce. They gave up the ghosts. They failed. It didn't work. The trade was stopped out. It was reasonable. Nobody got killed. It is what it is. It just didn't work. It falls into the 20% camp of the 80-20 rule where 80% of the trades plus are going to work out, but there's a remaining portion, the other side of that. This is one of those. We understand we're in the risk business. Not every trade's going to work out. This was one of the ones that didn't. What's going on over in Camp IWM? They were down 80 cents, less than one half of 1%. Can we make a federal case out of that? And the answer is, no, we can't. What are we going to do with this information? We're going to call it a down day, nothing more, nothing less. The trend is very strong in the upward direction. They're a little bit far from home base. Maybe they come down a little bit toward home base. Maybe they go sideways or back and forth for a few days. Let home base have a chance to catch up to price. Either way, there's nothing wrong with the chart. There's nothing wrong with this tape. The IWM isn't an uptrend, has not put in a reversal. If and when it does, we'll talk about it. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, we do have to talk about this one. We'll notice the breakdown candle. So, therefore, we have something tangible that's in front of us that we say we know what the market does most of the time when we see these type of events or these type of candles. So what we're watching for now is, and the candle we're talking about is this one from the 14th, what we're watching for is, are they going to creep up to get to the top, run a test of the top of the breakdown candle, or are they even going to be contained by the 20-period moving average staying below the 20-period moving average? We have something to watch down at the transportation department. The reason why this is so interesting is because this is our favorite canary in the coal mine. Second favorite market leading indicator, but favorite canary in the coal mine. So if in fact the transports have actually put in some kind of a turn, short, long, intermediate, we don't know. Right now it could be a turn before other markets. We've seen this before. That's why I talked about it yesterday. That's why we're talking about it again today. We're watching the transports. Conversely, we have the folks out in Silicon Valley, Q-cubed. They're busting out yet again to new highs. 
So it's a divergence from the transports, but that's the reason why we watch the transports. We're watching for divergences. That's where our eyebrow gets raised up a little bit. We take notes on a sticky note and we put a puzzle piece on the table. Anything doing in the XLF? Up a penny today. It's a rounding error. We don't need to go any further. We're moving along. The only thing we have to be watching for in the XLF, by the way, is this breakdown candle also from the 14th. Can they get above 28.84? If they can, the door is again opened to get up to 30 at some point in time. If they can't, then we know what's going to happen, which is they'll fall down or in the southern direction. The high of the breakdown candle for now is our bogey. How about Smash Mouth? Same routine, the trend is up, but we have another one of these breakdown candles. And again, here are some markets that aren't all the same. Market will traditionally, all these different sectors, all the different markets, they'll traditionally trade together in large part. But they don't all look the same and they don't trade together each and every day, all day. So now we have a breakdown candle in the smash mouth from the 9th. Can they get above the breakdown candle high or can they not get above the breakdown candle high? So far, they did the thing they always do, not every time, but they do it a lot, which is run up to run a test of or near the high of said breakdown candle. Can they get above the high, which is means they're going to make new highs or will they be rejected at the breakdown candle high? We're watching. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.